Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes. completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started dinesh is the co-founder of multiple companies inspiration digital emporium digital and oxygen ventures and has operations in the us canada the middle east india and europe In this interview Dinesh very humbly shares his story in his own unique very down to earth way. He shares about being inspired as a teenager to starting his own company which grew very fast and then facing difficulties and challenges in his second startup and how that changed him as a person and made him a better entrepreneur. He also shares how his father and also MS Dhoni the former Indian cricketer has influenced his personality and behavior. Hi Dinesh, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's uh, wonderful to have you here. And to begin with for our listeners, can you share by can you start by sharing a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Absolutely. I'm Dinesh Suneja and I'm an entrepreneur in the business of design, digital and technology solutions. I run two companies, the founder of Emporium Digital which is an india based independent services company we work with large and fortune 500 global companies on their storytelling and on the other side i'm a co-founder in north america based digital consulting company called inspiration digital we cater to the mid market firms here helping them not just build a strong story but at the same time deliver excellent execution services so that they can grow and expand it thank you thank you for sharing that and before we come to before we come to like how do you end up having two companies in two continents uh, i want to go a little bit in your background like right? what led you down this path that where where you are today and if you can recall any one or two incidents like which have been key in shaping who you are as a person as a leader that would be wonderful sure absolutely um i think considering i'm a storyteller and that's what our firms really do i'll tell you a quick story 
this is the february of 2009 i was a student in my second year of college and i was studying in bombay and my father always wanted me to go to but i chose commerce and i ended up doing my 11th and 12th in that subject so iit was out of the way but uh, intrigued as i was i ended up visiting iit bombay and there was a summit going on there the name of which i could not pronounce because i couldn't understand it was a long word um i ended up going there because i realized a it's iit and b it's free food and at that age at the age of 18 or 19 the simplest of the things is what matters i went there and changed my life forever because that session was all about entrepreneurship the word that i could not pronounce i did not know the meaning of it i did not understand what it is and maybe that's one big reason why i got so impacted by it because sometimes you walk into a subject uh, without really understanding what it is so you have a very open mind to listen to what the other people are saying and i think that's what happened that particular day mm-hmm. i saw some of the most successful entrepreneurs out of india uh sitting across the table and talking about how they built their businesses why would they want to continue doing what they are doing even though it was a very difficult journey for them and uh, how did they go about it and i think i walked out of that session so with telling myself that you know i would not be able to now get into a job very quickly and i would want to try something of that so i think that was the starting seed of the entrepreneurship journey and i started to think about what i could do and how i could do it and then the uh, advent of social media at that point of time in india was just getting started you know 2009 10 companies were exploring facebook twitter youtube trying to understand these platforms and on a lighter note because they didn't understand it that well they would always ask the youngsters Hmm. you know they would always ask the younger guy whether you understand facebook how could you help me with twitter and so on and so forth so it was a good area for us to get into because we were able to grasp these platforms really quickly and be able to explain it to our customers so that's why i chose this industry this segment of uh, business further on and started my company thank you thank you for sharing that but there's a long uh, like a long way to go from being inspired at an event to starting your own company right because it requires capital it requires getting people together it requires a lot of skills but also requires a lot of courage and personal like confidence to really yeah and especially at that young age can you share a little more on what happened after that and how did you build yourself up from uh, as you said right a very young child a very young kid teenager to uh, a professional uh, entrepreneur or leader absolutely So I think uh, my funders were very simple. I wanted to get into the business where I have minimum capital investment because I didn't want to borrow money. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about starting a services business is that it's based on idea. It's based on thoughts. It's based on what you can do with your experience on the internet. So I knew that you know to get started I could just take a laptop, I could take an internet connection and I could get going. So initially when i built out the company i used i think the most underrated segment of uh, people who could be our workforce and that is interns i used three or four interns from my office from my college at that point of time brought them together and we started working on accounts initially we catered to startups so we would just approach them tell them that we would want to work with you we'd help them establish their social and digital presence and that's how we started making inroads 
over a period of time, I realized that it's important to invest in an office. It's important to get our initial set of employees. And so we started to put together a process. Uh, that process got inspired through mentors that came at the right time. And I would honestly want to tell you, I was lucky. I was fortunate enough to find those people who ended up guiding me in the right sensibilities and telling me how should I go about things. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if I would have gone to somebody who is in the same business, a lot of them would end up thinking I'm a competition to them and not give me the right input. But these mentors were people who had run multiple businesses, had understood how to do resource planning, how to bring in the right set of leadership, etc. And they guided me to do that as well. And over the course, I also ended up building very strong partnerships. Uh, partnerships, I think, are the stronghold or the backbone of running business, especially in the services business where you could find somebody with complementary skills who could come on board and who could work with you. So my current partner um, within our India business has been with me for eight to nine years. Aditi instead of share a very good friendship and at the same time we've been able to build the business together. And the same goes for my US office. Both Jokey and Michael, my partners there, we share a very strong bond. We also do a lot of complementary work uh, with each other. They all come from different schools of thoughts. And that's what actually has led to building a strong enterprise. I think all of these things, right from you know making good choices with interns initially to getting the right set of mentors and then partners, mm -hmm. Um, helped us build that story. Thank you. And as I'm listening to you, I'm also sensing a very deep sense of composer uh, and a very well-defined articulator, right? You, art articulation and thinking about processes and systems. It looks like you're very structured in your thinking. Can you share where that is coming from? Is that something which also you learned after you've, like the entrepreneurship bug hit you, bit you or is that something maybe from even before that, from your family, from your growing up? To be honest, you'll be surprised. I was uh, a high energy kid. Um, I remember in 12th standard, I was to narrate a poem to my English teacher. And I went about it so fast that she couldn't understand anything. Mm. And so she asked me to repeat myself, I guess, maybe five to eight times. So um, I think I transcended myself while I was in the journey because when I started to reach out to customers for my business, I realized they were facing a challenge in matching the pace at which I was running. At the same time that I wanted to explain myself to my team members, involving them in what the business does and how do we go about it and you know why should you join us, I was ending up overdoing. So you know, at this point of time, in these last 10-15 years, MS Dhoni has you know been a very strong inspiration to me. I listened to all his interviews how he conducted himself on the field, on the cricket ground, and also as a captain, as a player. And one very good thing that he said in one of his interviews was, I no longer treat anything as this would obviously be. I never treat anything like that. I go into detail maybe two or three times because I know that all my team members are different, all my stakeholders are different, and I explain myself again. So patience is a virtue I've developed over a period of time. And I think that really stuck with me very strongly. Uh, I worked on myself, I worked on my lingo, I worked on how I could better my sense of structure when it came to work or personal life. And uh, that's how I you know, built it up. 
At the same time, I think I have that influence of my father, who is an ex-army officer. Um, he brought in a lot of discipline in me uh, that I really am grateful for. And I think both of these things, my inspiration in MS Dhoni and my father's influence at the background, I think shaped up who I am. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think uh, we all learn from those closest to us. But yeah. what I'm also listening is how you have actually worked on yourself and transformed yourself in a way uh, to where you are today. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 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 And if, if I focus a little bit now on the future, right, what is it uh, that is next for you, right? So run two companies across two continents. Now, if we come to that yeah. and like expand that down for the next 10 to 15 years, what's your vision for that? Uh, most importantly, I think our vision is to invest very strongly in building technology-based services for our customers. We know that's something that's going to grow. Automation is something that's going to uh, change the world. It already is, actually. It's the present, and it's only going to get deeper in the future. So from that standpoint, we'll be putting in a lot of time, effort, and research into how we could do better in terms of technology services for our customers, whether it be it India or US or Canada, it doesn't matter, it's on across. The second thing that we are investing a lot is in building a strong second line of command at all of these firms, because we believe that we are a community mm. both the company. We believe that we are a group of people who have come here to do things together. It's not about who started the company or who are the top two, three to five people. If we really want to succeed, we need to see uh, people step up and take leadership positions. In the so that's something that we are extremely focused on. We are grooming some of the good talent that has been with us over the last five to seven years. We are very fortunate to have them with us. Um, grooming them to take up leadership positions in the company and uh, take onus of what they're doing. That's the second investment that we're making as a company. The third is that we are looking to combine our native intelligence. As Indians, we have a native intelligence of how we do things, which we also sometimes call Jugaad, right? Using that to our advantage and bringing that intelligence to geographies like US and Canada, especially Canada, which is an emerging uh, market. I would say that Toronto is a hotpot right now for startups, new investments, new companies being built here by the day. And hence, this native intelligence that we could sort of bring here as well uh, could contribute a lot to what's happening within these ecosystems. So I think synergies is something that we'll be very heavily focused on um, as a part of play. And last but not the least, we are now looking to move beyond just building services to also building products. Because we realize that customers today are used to SaaS Today, everybody wants to see what's the next subscription plan that they can buy and run the service like mm -hmm. this. So we are also thinking about what kind of products would make a difference to our customers, our clients, and how could they complement our services. So that's a, a, another route that we are planning to work towards in the next decade or so. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And again, once again, very clear articulation and structured thought process, which I love. Now, having said that, right, we are also also like facing fears of our recession, and there has already been a lot of uh, disruption in the last two or three years because of COVID, and like supply chains really going haywire. There is still a semiconductor shortage. We don't really know what will happen, right? So, what challenges that you see uh, for yourself, but also for your companies going forward as you scale towards this vision? 
I think um, the challenge firstly would be that mostly companies, when they look at cutting down on budgets, the focus area becomes marketing because a lot of times they would get conservative on their spend. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think our diversification into storytelling and technology services helps us that risk and we are able to offer more to our customers because investing in a product or investing in a technology intensive approach or building automation into their ecosystems is not something that they would ever move mm -hmm. away from recession or no recession. Rather, they would focus on it with a lot more or a lot more strength and concentration because they want to ensure that there is no spillover. So that I think is uh, very important from a stakeholder client standpoint. When it comes to talent, we know what's happening across the world where some amount of resources are being removed from companies, are being asked to leave the companies. To us, it's an opportunity because we are a younger firm and we are actually reaching out to many of those uh, candidates and talking to them about our business. So this somewhat market correction that's happening for a business of our size is actually very helpful. And uh, we are focused on trying to see how we can utilize some of that talent, tell them our story and see whether they would like to hop on board. Uh, I think that's the transition that we guys are uh, trying to make at our end. Because if you keep focusing on the problem, so the challenge is that it's not going to let you go anywhere. And at the end of the day, the economy is a cycle. There are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. We all remember 2008. Now we are remembering or seeing 2020 or 2023. Um, it's going to happen irrespective. The way around it is to start thinking of how can you make the best of it, be an opportunist in that sense, and put out the value share that, that you bring to it. I think these are both, this is what we are trying to do. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And again, I think for anybody who's listening, I think there's a big lesson there. Like I speak to a lot of uh, founders and many times I see people under that cloud of uh, a recession or a fear of a recession, even though it might not be impacting their company or their industry directly. But what I'm listening from you that you are, yes, you are being, uh, you are, you're planning, you're diversifying. So you're not just uh, like assuming something to be an opportunity when it could be a recession. You are very well planned, but at the same time, you are choosing to focus your attention on the opportunity or how it might be an opportunity uh, for you. And depending on how you look, right, if you go looking for problems, yes, you will find problems. But also if you go looking for solutions or opportunities, you will also found those find those opportunities in the same market, in the same situation. Uh, so thank you for adding that. I think that's a, it's a wonderful like, way of looking at the world irrespective of what is happening, which can uh, allow you to prepare, be prepared, but at the same time, not be demotivated or disempowered. Absolutely. Some of the largest firms that you would know of have been built during a recession. Yes. They actually gained the most during recession. So instead of hearing it, I think we need to embrace it as a part of the economic cycle and try and understand how our business could play around it or use it to, your, to our advantage. So like I said, talent, people see it as if, you know, people are being removed from companies as a problem. We see that as an opportunity. And we would want to keep playing on this. Trend. Yeah. And as you said, right, the economy moves in cycles. Any entrepreneur's okay. journey is also full of cycles of uh, successes and setbacks. Can you share maybe one or two of those uh, choices which you had made, which didn't pan out as well as you expected? And what did you learn from the process? 
oh, many that I can think of. I think I have more failures than successes as a person. And I think it's true for anybody who is relentless. But um, let me tell you, Emporium, when it was being built, he started building the firm in 2014. And initially, we thought we will build a company focused on a particular industry. And somehow we thought, you know, this is a very unique thing and we try and make a difference. And he chose fashion as an ecosystem to focus on. Um, though we were working with some really big brands in that ecosystem in India, we were catering to them across the space. The challenge was that maybe the space didn't see us as different. Um, they didn't see us as a proficient player that would say we are doing something. That was a very big learning for us because we spent about one, one and a half years trying to talk about that niche. And we sort of came back and came back to the drawing board and said, no, this is not working. We got to diversify initially to multiple sectors and see where we find that. So that's one. And the second is that the first three years of Emporium were possibly the toughest uh, that we have ever faced. We went through typical startup problems, as they call it. Difficulty in finding customers, difficulty in being able to manage our teams, ensuring that we are able to pay our rent, rather pay ourselves. You know? So uh, I think those challenges were extremely big on me because my first company, which started in 2009, it was a, a quick hit. You know? so it was like a new, new, new player coming into the market, a new actor coming and being introduced and suddenly it gets the first hit. Right? So that kind of uh, bailed on me. And I thought it's going to be the same thing when I built out Emporium as well, but it didn't go that way. And it really changed me as a person, really a better uh, entrepreneur, businessman. And I think that low that I saw in my life, it has prepared me for everything. And so I keep telling my mentees that I meet and I talk to them about their business that today, if you remove the companies for whatever reasons out of me and tell me to begin from zero and build out something, I think I will be able. That's the level of confidence that I've been able to garner thanks to these things. Thank you for sharing that, especially if your like, first company has been a successful or you have tasted success early, uh, the setback can become even more uh, bitter than, than if, it you ha if you face it for the first time, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So what were some of those key learnings, especially about yourself, right? So what you're sharing is that now, if I can deal with that, I can deal with anything, right? So what were yeah. some of those key shifts that happened for you to build, to first of all, survive, but also to build that level of grit or confidence in yourself? I think the biggest learning that we had uh, during that phase was that we were trying to talk about purely doing our work well and hoping that people would see it. Hmm. Uh, so it was like an ostrich. I'll keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm not going to look at where the world is going. I think that's a big mistake that we learned from and we evolved ourselves. The second thing that we started doing was investing a lot in research. Earlier, we used to be very uh, idea focused yeah. only. Right? So you go to a customer, you give him like six different kinds of ideas, but I think we were lacking in our way of presenting insight to them. What do we think about your sector? How is your competition doing? What's good, what's bad, what's not working. So I think we started investing a lot in doing that. And that sort of added logic to the idea that we were presenting. And that sort yeah. of made the story shift. Third thing that I think we did right was try to look at hiring people that were different from us. 
initially, I think when I was younger, I made that mistake of trying to find myself in people. Um, mm. And I think it, that's what didn't work out. So when I tried to look at people or my partner, Aditi, tried to find people that were different, that were unique, that would add a new perspective to the company we started. Because they would bring in something entirely different to the table when we were sitting across with a customer. And it would be appreciated. It would be something that we would get a new opportunity and so on and so forth. And in our business, so the biggest difference can be made by the people on the table because we are a talent-heavy business. So if we think different, if we bring new ideas to the table, if we are offering new perspectives to the customers, we will be able to make that change. I think that helped us move away from failures to build our successes. And uh, that's been my biggest learning curve as a person. And lastly, and most importantly, and this is for all the folks who view this video, entrepreneurs by nature end up becoming micromanagers. We are in that mindset always to hold our business very close to ourselves and look into each and every perspective uh, that we can personally. I would honestly suggest that obviously it's a requirement when you're building up the business anything, but you also need to keep telling yourself that you need to let go and let people come in and take up responsibilities. If you don't give them that ecosystem, that space to build out what they want to, then your business is always going to remain small because it's going to be controlled by So it's your decision whether you want to build a uh, business that is driven by a solopreneur or you want to build an enterprise that is controlled by a democratic system that is important. Yes, I think you're very right in, like many entrepreneurs find it difficult to let go or to delegate or to trust their people completely. And yet at the same time, they don't see that as exactly the same thing, which is limiting their future growth, which is limiting their potential and their, like the, their next level of their dreams, right? So. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody like that, right? Who is struggling to really let go, right? Because it's easy to say let go, but sometimes it's not so easy, right? It can produce anxiety. Uh, you can have real conflicts with people. You can destroy relationships. It can create like a whole response of emotions. Uh, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who has that attachment with their organization, with their dream and doesn't want to give up, but still wants to grow, expand and continue to go further? I think the biggest advice is always think why you started up in the first place. Whenever you are in the conflict zone, whenever you are arguing with people, whenever you feel you're holding too tight, always go back to that thought. Because when you start asking why, okay. it becomes easier for you to realize that if we don't make those changes, then if you are thinking of building a successful enterprise that's going to transcend, say, geography, that's yeah. going to transcend lives of many people, it's not going to happen. So when you remember the reason why you started and you keep measuring it with the status quo, you automatically start to derive things. So being self-aware, self-conscious, and realizing the why are extremely important if you want to uh, make changes to your mind. Mm. Other than that, if you are somebody who is extremely egoistic, or you're somebody who is too full of yourself, you yourself realize that there is not much room for you to change because in your head, you're fairly perfect at whatever you're doing. And I think that's the biggest farce that you can have, uh, especially as an entrepreneur. Because look at the dynamics today. Any market, any product that you're in is faced with excessive competition. 
And if you're not ready to think different, tweak yourself, bring in more partners, associate and grow, then most probably you will perish one way or another. I yeah. think that would be my biggest advice. Think, introspect and keep questioning why you started doing it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's uh, that's uh, words of wisdom, I think, in that small advice. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, focusing a little bit on you, right, as a person, what is it that you're most grateful for in life? To be honest, for the years I've realized everything. Uh, I'm grateful for everything. I'm able to get up every morning, work hard towards my businesses, take care of my family, um, enjoy the lake view that I now have from my home in Toronto. I'm somebody who wants to enjoy and relish every moment that I'm but I think I'm most grateful from a personal standpoint uh, about the ability to be able to uh, give responsibility and accountability to my teams and be able to take a step back. I think that's something that has been a transformational change in me and I'm very grateful that it came at a time where things seemed to be at the right field. Uh, we were coming out of COVID. There was an opportunity for us to now look at newer markets. If you have not done this now, I don't know. So I think yeah. I'm most grateful uh, for that in particular. But other than that, I'm a guy who always keeps thinking about how this journey has been very beautiful, has been very rewarding. And I keep thanking all the people who have worked with us, whether they're employees or partners or clients who give us an opportunity to um, build our businesses here. Because trust me, if I was 20 or 21, and I walked into you know somebody else's office who was running a business. I know how tough it would have been for them to give us work. Mm -hmm. What are you really riding on a 21-year-old telling you I'm building an agency or I'm building a services company and I want to manage your plan? It's not easy. And so there is a lot of gratefulness in all of this. Thank you. Thank you, Dinesh. And before just before we wrap it up, right, for anybody who is listening who wants to reach out, find out more about what you're doing, what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do so? I'm extremely active on LinkedIn. So uh, you can easily reach me out there. And I'm also a mentor at Coffee, which is a platform that connects different people, professionals together. And I'm mentoring a few companies there as well as otherwise. I would like to give as much as I can back to uh, the society. So I keep spending time close to new businesses, new ideas, new startups. I do not want people to make the same mistakes that I did in my life building my business. And I'm very open about sharing those views. I also help whenever possible people who are struggling to uh, make it right in their career choices and guide them. Especially if you are in the business of digital marketing, technology or design, and, or you want to get into this. A lot of people, uh, Sumit, are wanting to get into this space, but don't understand where to start, how to go about it, what are the choices that should be. So I'm again somebody who would want to help there. And so reach me on LinkedIn and uh, I'm sure we can set up a time and chat. Sure. Thank you, Dinesh. I will make sure to include those links uh, with the show notes when the episode comes out. And once again, I want to thank you for everything that you shared and who you are, I think more importantly. Uh, and I wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Thank you, Sumit, for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate what you're doing and how you're bringing these stories out to people. And any help and support that I can also provide from my side to help this grow, I'd be very happy to provide it. But thank you so much for having me. 
थैंक यू दिनेश मोस्ट वेलकम दैट्स इट फॉर दिस एपिसोड ऑफ चूजिंग लीडरशिप विद सुमित गुप्ता आई चूज लीडरशिप एवरी टाइम आई रिकॉर्ड दिस पॉडकास्ट एंड आई इन्वाइट यू टू डू द सेम I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, Please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership